0: questions you always had. The
1: answers you were never
0: given. The place to seek the
1: truth. Welcome to Veritas. Got any stress case in your life? Of course you do. Without question. Many of us have mastered the neurotic art of spending much of our lives worrying about a variety of things all at once. Tonight's special guest, cheerful book aims to make us stop and smell, if not roses, whatever is sitting in front of our noses. Don't sweat the small stuff. Offers guidance designed to make you appreciate being alive. Keep your emotions, especially anger and dissatisfaction, in proper perspective, and cherish other people as the unique miracles that they are. So if you want to learn how to put challenges in perspective, reduce stress and anxiety through small daily changes, and find the path to achieving your goals, then this interview and the book are for you. What if you change your perspective and think of your problems as the potential quote-unquote teachers? Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. Subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to this full interview and all of our material. Tonight's special guest is New York Times best-selling author and world-renowned speaker, Christine Carlson. Christine is passionate about sp- spreading her message of waking up to life with joy and gratitude amidst the ups and downs of this earthly existence. Her life mission is to expand upon the phenomenal success of her late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson's work in the Don't Sweat the most Stuff series. She continues his legacy of peaceful and mindful living through her own best-selling books. Over the past two decades, Chris and Richard have sold more than 25 million books She has been featured in national radio and television broadcasts, including the Today Show, Good Morning America, The View, and The Oprah Winfrey Show. And we have a more comprehensive bio right on our website. And she joins us directly from Northern California. Hello, Christine. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on, Mel.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure and an honor. You know, the name of the book we're discussing today is the classic Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff, that's part of the title, which has sold over 25 million copies. From the perspective of those who haven't read the book yet, they may say, hold on, Mel, that sounds easier said than done. Why don't we start with probably one of the biggest challenges you faced a few years ago when your husband, Dr. Richard Carlson, a well-known international speaker and author, passed away unexpectedly. That is not small stuff, your daughters were were young at the time, so before we begin our our discussion and to put things in perspective for our listeners, who was Dr. Richard Carlson and how did you overcome that tragic event?
0: Wow, well, um let me just take a really deep breath and invite all of your listeners to take a really deep breath with me too um, because you know. That time in our lives, you know, at that time in our lives, we were at the 10th anniversary of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. It was, um, 10 years ago now that Richard very suddenly passed away while on a flight to New York. He died of a pulmonary embolism. So it wasn't something that we had any warning about. It wasn't that he was ill or that we knew that he was ill or anything. He just, he just had, you know, really sudden death and, um, you know, Richard was everything that anybody would aspire to want to be as a man. I mean, he was a very high integrity man. He was kind. He practiced, you know, what he preached to people. Um, he, he, you know, he lived his life in interest of helping humanity grow really i mean he i don't think that he could have known the kind of impact that he was going to have i don't think anybody really does know that um you know it was it was surprising when it happened in his career on his 10th book um but he was such a pure-hearted soul that you know it was it was really wonderful and we certainly um you know enjoyed the part of it that, you know, really served people the most and, and certainly enjoyed that run of success that we had as a couple and a family too. And it was, you know, really shocking, of course, like it is for anybody, you know, 10 years ago, we were in a place in our lives where we were in midlife and we had no anticipation that this was going to happen to our lives. So it was, it was like having the rug pulled out from under your feet and then Doing a very long free fall and grief and, you know, as a family trying to put the pieces together and, and no, it wasn't small stuff at all. You know, it was, it was big stuff, but a lot of times people ask me, you know, and, and how my work has grown over the years. I've, I've done a lot of work with widows and with people who are in grief and loss. And they often ask me if there's a way to prepare for that kind of loss. And I often say, yeah, you know, you really do prepare for loss every day that you live. And if you practice living a happy life where you keep life in perspective, it's not as if that is the way you practice loss, but you're able to be resilient in the face of huge changes and huge loss because you have really understood how to keep the small stuff in perspective and how to practice a really healthy, happy life. So Eventually, after you go through a process of grief, you'll return to that place and even feel possibly even more joy just because you've been through something, you know, so big in your life that you've survived. And, you know, in my case, it wasn't just enough to survive. I had I really wanted to choose to thrive. And eventually that's where I arrived at.
1: That's great. And the fact that you're carrying the torch in and- So many years after, the light still on for everybody, and, you know, you gain fans on a daily basis. I know that for a fact. But, Chris, you know, for many people, society has lost its way. And being selfless is less sexy than taking selfies. With this new world of social media, counting likes, and and being self-absorbed, and caring so much about what people think of us, how do we go back to basics?
0: Wow. Well, well, that's a great question and certainly something that um, our society has to answer today. Um, you know, I, I think that um, it, it goes back to, you know, what are your values in life? And I think a lot of times we just assume that our values stay the same, you know, whereas like our values can change based upon our actions and the life that we practice. And I think what's we're going to see happen with People is that they're going to get sick and tired of being on their cell phones and on their social media, and and the fact that their life is going to pass them by even faster because they're not being present to it. You know, you cannot be even present to a beautiful picture of a beautiful scene. You know, like there's this. There's this dialogue that has to begin to happen in our culture, I think, about. And I do believe at some point it it will have to swing back toward, you know, people realizing that, you know, there's just there's times and limits and you have to put your social media. away. Like one of the things that I love is when you have an agreement with friends and your family that social media, like cell phones, all electronics are away from mealtime, you know, so that. At least at mealtime, you don't see kids, you know, at the table, like talking to their friends and chatting as opposed to looking at the parents and, and the, and the parents can be just equally as, as guilty about days as well, or couples when they're out in restaurants, you know, on their, so chatting with other people when they, you know, ought to be looking across the eyes of each other and, you know, Communicating about their lives together and, you know, to build their own relationships. So, you know, these are kinds of things that I think that people are going to have to look at in disciplines, you know, that people are going to have to put in place in their own lives. And it's going to be based on a lot of things. You know, I think there's a lot of studies now that are showing that every time your phone, you know, is in your pocket and it beeps and buzzes that you have a cortisol spike. I think there was a special on 60 Minutes the other night about that, that um, Anderson Cooper, they were doing a test with him and he had a phone in his pocket. And every time his phone buzzed, his cortisol spiked. Well, the cortisol is the stress hormone. Um, you know, that having too much of in your system is, is not good. You know, it, they call it the death hormone, actually. And you want to, you know, not have that happen. And so if we think about that, it behooves us to put our, um, you know, phones away at night, um, you know, keep all those things. That are, um, blue light out of our room at night, you know, just, just acquire some healthy life practices that just are really about using common sense and maybe doing a little research. That's, that's what I think is going to have to happen.
1: You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the phones because. Just a quick story to put things in perspective. I recently went on vacation and to the caribbean and I took your book with me. I was wondering why, even while i 'm on vacation it's hard for me to disconnect myself from my business, technology, the web, you know et cetera that that was a source of annoyance to me and and this thing about cortisol, I truly totally believe it. so I kept wondering how did people do it years ago before cell phones and the internet you know they went on vacation, and if anyone needed To reach you, you would leave a message with, you know, the hotel. And even before voicemail, people would have to find you on your telephone, you know, when you were available. So life continued. So here's what I did. I love to, I love to take pictures when I'm on vacation, but I noticed that while I was taking pictures, I would get an email or a text or or a bleep here and there. That would immediately change my mood with my family. and, And I found a big culprit. So here's what I did. Upon landing at my destination this time, I went ahead and I bought a camera. So I would leave my cell phone in my hotel room for the day, or sometimes I would turn it off and and left it in my backpack with, you know. My wife and my daughter both told me that they haven't seen me so at peace and engaged with them on vacation in years. So guess what? The world didn't end. At night, I would check my email and messages once a day and all the cortisol will go up at night one time. But that's it. And it worked out just fine. So sometimes we must learn how to say no. Don't be held hostage by technology and distractions. I just wanted to illustrate, uh, you know, one way to finding inner peace. Your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think that's great that you thought to do that on your vacation. You know, to realize those things that are stressing us out. Um, that's what having perspective is, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's being aware. It's being conscious of those things that, you know, you really don't want. And again, it goes back to your values. You know, if you value time with your family and you value having, um, good conversation and engagement, then it's smart to put your cell phone away and put your social media away. And, and maybe it's about, special to go on your social media. I know one of the things that I've done this summer as I'm working on a new book is I literally, I, I haven't been on social media. I just, I've, I've got a team that posts for me for the summer and I can't tell you how wonderful, you know, my summer has been just because I haven't been on any social media per se all summer long. And it's just helped me be so much more present and in the flow of my work and, you know, and, and, and not having those artificial boosts that I, I heard recently there's some sort of, um, like, like a lot of game people who are authoring games and, and the game creators are having a neuroscience background and even like, like the different social media platforms are even releasing Likes in like chunks of 10 and 20 to, to boost the kids that are watching those likes go up and down or up, you know, and, and it's all meant to create this, um, sense of dependence, this sense of addiction to social media and being on your, you know, phone constantly. And I think, I think it really, if we're aware of that, then, we could say that the dangers of that are that, you know, we aren't going to be as present to our families and and have the deeper connections to people that really create intimacy and, and the kind of relationships that are part of our well-being as a human species, if you really think about it. I mean, so I love that you did that, Mel, that you were wise enough to buy the camera and to get off of you know, being available to your social media. I mean, that's wonderful. And look at the result that you had by just that one small change. You know, I think that's one of the things that the don't sweat the small stuff series has always pointed people to is that it doesn't take large changes in your life to create like large things that you have to do to create large shifts in your perspective, or in your mental health and well being. And what we want to do is have access to our mental health and well-being so that that impacts all of our relationships and it impacts all of the outcomes that we deeply desire in our lives.
1: And I hope, folks, you try that. I was so happy and so engaged and connected. I haven't been like that for years, and I wonder why. I used to think I'm such a, you know, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I think I'm a good father, I'm a good husband, but I feel disconnected sometimes because I'm answering, you know, hold on, let me just get back to you because I have a voicemail to respond to. Anyway, you know, thousands of years ago, Epictetus, a Greek philosopher, said, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. How do we deal with our reactions, which which most of the time immobilizes from acting rationally?
0: Well, you know, that's a great question because um, one of the things that the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series has always spoken to is to become more responsive to life versus reactive to life. And when we speak of being reactive, we're talking about those times where we don't think before we speak, where we just have a knee-jerk, reaction. I mean, let's say, for example, um, your kids walk through the door and, you know, maybe they're having some sort of drama going on and they tell you this story and then you suddenly just react to the story or they say something or your spouse says something that annoys you. And instead of just allowing it to settle for a moment, maybe taking a couple of deep breaths and pausing, People just launch into a reaction. Now, these kinds of reactions are never going to um, come with an outcome that is satisfactory to anyone. Usually it evokes a negative response from the people that you're reacting to. Um, You don't feel good about reacting. You know, what we've always really taught people to do in our work is to try and take a golden pause. We call it just a, a simple pause, a time of breath to you know, activate your parasympathetic nervous system, get yourself out of reactive mode and into we call it from, you know, the amygdala part of your brain, which is the fight or flight part to the the prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO of your brain. And just simple breaths will do that. Like it'll just put you in the CEO part of your brain and where you can respond to what's happening in a much more healthy way and and then just knee-jerk reactions which are generally never gonna come with a great outcome
1: you know i know you were fond of, and dr carlson your husband fun of dr wayne dyer here's a quote from dr dyer he said if you change the way you look at things the things you look at change is it all a matter of perspective chris
0: oh i think so i mean so much of it is about um you know, when people see the lens through which they view the world, uh, we talk about it in a way um, we've always talked about it as your, your thoughts create your reality. And then your reality is based on the filter from which you view the world. And the filter is, of course, um, it's designed specifically to each individual based upon their own belief system, you know, the kinds of things that happened to them in their childhood the kinds of mentors, um, that they had, um, the kinds of any, you know, all of these things, whether it's, it's positive or negative, it impacted your filter system and what you see in the world. Um, one of the most powerful things that really supports this now is that happiness researcher, um, Sean Acor, Um, he wrote this book called the happiness advantage and I've had a number of conversations with him over the years about happiness. And one of the cool conversations that's happening now is with neuroscience, which basically, um, a lot of the findings support so much of what don't sweat the small stuff and Dr. Wayne Dyer. And, you know, just what Richard said, all of the great psychologists of our era, They didn't have the advantage of that research. It really supports them and saying, you know, that, yes, happiness in and of itself is a choice. And, you know, we get exposed to so much information every second. I mean, that's something like 11 million bits of information in a second. But our minds only process 40 bits of that information. That's 40 out of 11 million possibilities that's not very much, but it's a safety mechanism for our minds to only process a small amount of what is available for us to see because otherwise we would be completely in overwhelm all the time at all the information that is available, you know, for us to see and view. So when we talk about that conversation amidst keeping life in perspective, we have to remember that the kinds of information that we're actually exposing ourselves to are the ones that we anticipate.
2: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com.